everyone, and welcome to Wake Up and Grow. I'm Natalie, your host, and today's episode is titled Ripple Effect. The tea of the day is one I've recently tried. Um, it's called English Breakfast Tea. It's a lot like Earl Grey, in my opinion, the taste. Um, earthy and dark, but it's not too bad, not too bad. So, I have a little new thing I'd like to introduce here. If you follow me on any social media account, I am starting a devotional challenge for this entirety, the entirety of 2021. Since the day of this recording is January 1st, I have posted and will have been posting every day a reading um, that I encourage you to read along with me and I use the hashtag 2021 devotional challenge and it's really just what is mentioned in James how we are supposed to be devoted to prayer and time with God and how that it feeds our souls and so that's what I wanted for this year is this immense growth within the Christian community this immense growth in our faith and in our relationship with God and so I encourage you to go find me on social media if you get these podcast uh, episodes then you already follow me but be on the lookout for those if you want to join the challenge and once you do the readings, tag me, use that hashtag, and help me to spread this challenge to as many people as we can so that we can all grow together in our relationship with God. But back to today's episode. So I'm going to begin with the reading of Habakkuk, Habakkuk, however you want to pronounce it. I'm from the south, so it's going to be Habakkuk, but chapter 2, verse 14, which says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. As Christians, I think it's kind of been ingrained in our heads that our goal in life is to be a disciple of Christ. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we're taught that at a young age. But what does it what does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? There are three things that I've learned that describe a disciple or are characteristics of a disciple and the first is they are they are a follower slash student the second is they are an acceptor or believer and the third is they are an assistant or a teacher those terms are kind of interchangeable with each other in my opinion and so the first one the follower slash student is the first phase of discipleship in the way I look at it. If you've ever uh, gotten to know me at all and 
gotten to figure out how my mind kind of works is I'm very chronological, I'm linear, and so this is, in my opinion, the first stage of discipleship is this following of a teacher and the student, you know, the learning part of whatever it is we are a disciple of. So for us as Christians, the 12 disciples that followed Jesus are a great, are a great example for us. Random side note, if I'm talking too fast, I have way too much energy tonight. It's like 8 o'clock when I'm recording this and I'm... <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, if I'm talking too fast, I apologize. <laughs> but back to the main point of this episode. The 12 disciples read about in the Bible, they follow Jesus. Literally, they left everything behind and walked with him. They went with him wherever he went. But they also followed in his teachings. And while they were with him for those three years, they learned a heck ton of stuff. But he was teaching them. He was molding them into the disciples he wanted them to be. And it's the same with us. You know, the, the things we learn from God through reading the Bible um, and spending time with Him, those things are to instruct us on how to conduct ourselves, one, and two, how to disciple others. You see, those 12 disciples weren't just a group of friends to Jesus. There was a purpose for them following him. He was going to use them to spread Christianity to the ends of the earth, and they did. And that's why we have Christianity here in America and wherever else you may be listening from. It got there from Judea. And, you know, that, that little area of the Middle East where Jesus roamed about, it got from there to Rome, to Africa, to Asia, to England, modern-day England, to South America, to North America, and everywhere in between because of those disciples and their willingness to follow Jesus' instructions and to go out and spread the word. But the teachings that they received and the teachings we receive are necessary and important to the lifestyle of discipleship. The second phase, in the way I look at it, of discipleship is being an acceptor or believer. So a disciple must accept or believe what they're being taught, otherwise there's no way that they're going to be able to share it, genuinely share it, with 
others. Um, if you compare it to school, if say I wanted to try and um, explain musical theory to somebody, if I first of all don't understand musical theory, that's problem number one. But second, if I don't think or believe that what I know of musical theory is accurate or true, the teaching process I'm going to attempt is going to be a fluke and not going to work. So when we look at the Twelve, they weren't sent out to truly disciple until they fully believed in who Jesus was. And you know, this is after he died um, and was resurrected when they really figured out wow, this he is really the son of God and the savior for the world. You know, once they figured that out and were filled with the Holy Spirit, that is when they were sent out to the ends of the earth to spread the news of the gospel. And we see that in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4, which says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So, as I mentioned before with the example of musical theory, if you don't truly believe in something, in what you've been taught, you're not going to have the zeal or the amount of care that you're going to need to enthusiastically and accurately share that knowledge that you have. And so the same goes for our faith. If we really want to share our faith with others, we have to we have to believe in what we are saying. And so that's why it's so important as a disciple to know and understand the word of God and to spend time in God's presence because he makes those things known to us that further our belief and our faith in him. The third stage of discipleship is what I've titled assistant slash teacher. This is where the, stu the, the old term, the student becoming the teacher or the student becoming the master kind of comes into play. Obviously, the 12 disciples and us Christians never become Jesus. That's, that can't happen. He's perfect. We can never be perfect, but what discipleship is getting at is the sharing and the spreading of what we have learned through Christ to others so that they too can learn that and then like wildfire it, it'll spread. 
those 12 disciples who were with Jesus for those three years, they were given the authority and the task to spread the good news of the gospel, what they had learned with their time with Jesus. And this is one of the most frequented uh, passages of scripture that you'll hear from me because it it's literally one of the foundational scriptures to the lifestyle of Christianity, in my opinion. And that is Matthew 28, 19-20. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We are required and called as Christians, as those who have accepted Christ into their life, as those who have been taught the ways of Christ and believe in it, and believe what we are taught through the word and through God's presence in our lives, we are required and called to spread that same good news of salvation to all of those we have interactions with. And that is a heavy task. That's something I've learned over these past four or five years of growing in my faith is that is a heavy task. We can often feel discouraged when we do try and, you know, step out, out of our comfort zone and try to do the last part of discipleship, which is teaching or sharing the gospel. And typically that discouragement comes from the lack of results that we see. Or at least the lack of results we'd hoped for. And that's typically followed up with the assumption that we have failed in the Great Commission. Another reason that we may feel discouragement or a lack of zeal for sharing the gospel is fear. Fear of persecution, fear of the failure that I mentioned earlier, or fear of rejection from our friends and our family, really fear of just about anything. And so with fear typically, from my personal experience, I don't share the gospel in the first place. Whereas, the discouragement is I have shared and am not getting the results that I had hoped for. Either way, these are weapons that Satan uses to keep us from fulfilling our duty as Christians. Discouragement and fear.
if we look back at Matthew 28, um, and specifically verse 20, it says, And behold, I am with you always, until the end of the age. And that verse is something that I have found extremely comforting when I do try and, you know, share my faith, whether it be through direct, hey, I'm a Christian, or, you know, just actions versus words. But when my faith has been rejected, I can't become discouraged because Jesus is with me, and I know that. Yes, it's disheartening, um, but I know that because Jesus is with me, that there's going to be victory in that circumstance. In Luke chapter 12, verses 11 through 12, um, it reads, And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. So, I am a person who gauges their words very carefully because I know the weight of my words and how they have an effect on people and so while that's a great trait to have it can also be pretty handicapping I guess when it comes to being bold in what I'm about to say and so tying that in with sharing the gospel I often worry about what I need to say you know, if I don't use the right words, they won't believe. If I come off too strong, if I say it in a certain way, you know, I might scare them off or whatever. But th those verses I just read, they say, do not worry about what you're going to say. God will fill your mouth with his Holy Spirit. He will speak through your lips. Do not worry about what you ought to say when you're tested or when you're questioned or when you're just going to share your faith in general. God's going to give you the words that you will need to say. With that in mind, it this doesn't mean that we don't learn through reading the Bible what the word says because that's that's a big part of our faith for ourselves and for others when we share it what it means is like I said before we don't need to worry about what words we're going to use because God will give the right ones to us If we jump back in that same chapter of Luke, chapter 12, 
um, to verses 4 through 7, we see that it says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are of more value than the sparrows. And in James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, it says, sorry, verses 2 through 4, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You will face trials and persecution as a Christian and as a disciple of Christ. That is something that is promised because of the world we live in. But as Paul says, count it as a good thing. Count it as a good thing because that means that Satan is fighting hard against what God is doing through you. If you're not facing trials because of your faith, if you're not facing persecution of some kind because of your faith, I don't think you're living out your faith. Sorry to be blunt, but I don't think you're really living out your faith if you're not facing some form of persecution or trials. And so, for those of you who are facing persecution and trials because of your faith, don't give up. That is exactly what Satan wants you to do. Because you're close to the finish line, and if he can get you to quit early on, or within five feet, he's won. Don't give him that victory. Don't give up. As I mentioned before, one of the things that has discouraged me personally when it comes to sharing my faith is the lack of progress or results in the person I'm trying to witness to. But what I have learned from watching my grandpa give his life to Christ just a few years ago is that most of the work slash progress is done in a secret of the heart. You know, it's not something that, it's not always something that we can visually see in the person. God tends to soften their hearts little by little. And that is so that they can be receptive of his spirit through us as the disciples. But if you think about taking a a raw stone, it takes time to chisel away at that hard exterior, to mold it into the smooth shape that is needed. 
another thing that kept me quiet about my faith was the idea that I could never reach all the people that needed salvation. There are roughly 7 billion people on this planet and only about 33% of those identify as Christian. That's a lot of people who are without Christ in their lives. And that's not including those of the 33% who really aren't followers of Christ or are what we consider um, lukewarm or fake Christians. That large number can be intimidating, but you have more of an influence than you know. In the year of 2014, my family experienced four funerals within roughly one month's time. Each of them were about 10 days apart. And then a couple years later, the spouse of one of those who had previously passed died. Um, it was my Mimi. We called her Mimi. Um, Papa had died in 2014. But my great-grandparents had a much deeper influence on my life than I realized. They they were prayer warriors and they constantly <laughs> They constantly prayed for their families and they lived out every hour of their lives for Christ. And that was a huge influence for my grandparents and my parents and me. And that, their lives, as an example, they that has shown me that my life, that your life, and the way that you live has a ripple effect on the lives around you. When you have an encounter with someone, you're going to leave some form of influence. It's just a matter of making sure that the influence you leave is a Christ-like one. You have an influence on the people you have face-to-face -face interactions with, but you also have an influence on the people you never meet. Like for me, I may never meet all of the listeners of this podcast face-to-face, -face, but you listening to my voice is having an influence you in some way. What I'm trying to drill into your head is never doubt your influence. Never doubt the reach of your faith. Never doubt the power of Christ in your life. Live every day for Christ and he will speak through you to others.
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I want to thank you for listening and remind you that Wake Up and Grow releases episodes bi-weekly. That's every other Monday. I encourage you to give Wake Up and Grow a follow on Instagram at WUGPOD, that's W-U-G-P-O-D, and go find Wake Up and Grow on Facebook. Again, I'm Natalie Biddinger, and this has been Wake Up and Grow.